0: Welcome to this Innovation Forum podcast with me, Ian Welsh. I'm delighted to be joined today by Senior Vice-President at Norway-based Fertilizer Business Hour International, Regine Souza. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you very much, Ian. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So we're going to talk today a bit about regenerative agriculture. It's probably one of the biggest, latest buzz phrases, but as ever, definitions are important. How do you define regenerative agriculture?
1: I'm going to give you what is the official definition that we have in Yara, which is pretty much aligned with all the frameworks and discussions, coalitions that we are part of. But for us, regenerative agriculture is a systematic outcome-based approach to adopt the best sustainable farming practices that somehow are impacting nature and the climate. And we make sure to include the word systematic because for us, it's not about changing from zero to hero in one season, right? It has to be systematic. It has to be step by step and it has to be consistent. and outcome based is because for us it has to be contest specific, right? It has to be focused on ensuring that we can leverage the best practices. In a nutshell, I would describe as knowledge use efficiency, right? It's as much knowledge as you can apply per hectare to produce more food in the best sustainable way possible.
0: What do you think is the potential then for Rudy
1: I think that there is a huge potential when it comes to, of course, mitigating the impacts on the climate, for sure. You know that 20% of the greenhouse gas emission globally comes from agriculture and especially from land use change. The more knowledge, the more sustainable practices we apply to produce food in an efficient way, the less land we're going to need to produce food. So I think that there is this component related to a best impact on the climate. But at the same time, best practices are also link it to the food security. For me, it should not be a competition between being sustainable from an economic perspective or environmental perspective. Regenerative agriculture brings opportunities to harmonize those two needs, right? Because the more knowledge you apply, the more efficiency and the more technology, the more they yield as well. And the better the quality, we're also going to be reducing the footprint per ton of food that you produce.
0: Do you think it's important to ensure that when we talk about regenerative agriculture then, that we don't lose sight of the fact that food security ultimately is the goal? And food security means developing a sustainable approach to agriculture which allows for long-term food security.
1: Exactly. And I think that that's the point for me. It should not be a choice, right, on, OK, what do we focus on first? is the short term because food security is, of course, something that is urgent, but we cannot lose sight of the the climate impact. I mean, we have only seven seasons to go before we are evaluating the impact of the industry according to the climate agreement in Paris. So that's why for me, it's so important that we try to combine and to factor in what is the best choice because it is a dilemma, right? And I think that it has to go side by side. It has to be combined. The view on food security can never be forgotten when we talk about the impact that agriculture has in the climate. But there are more opportunities, I would say.
0: Do you think this is why we've moved away from organic then? It feels there's been a shift towards thinking about organic agriculture to more towards regenerative agriculture and its potential for being more in the mainstream.
1: I think so. That's the the point, right? I think that if you have the option to have organic farming in an efficient way, why not? Why not using your organic mineral as an example in order to ensure that we can use the manure that is available and to reapply this to the soil? I think that is a combination, right? There is no one size fits all and we should avoid this polarization, right? It's conventional agriculture versus organic agriculture. For me, of course, organic agriculture would represent a threat to food security for sure. Even if you look from a carbon footprint perspective, the carbon footprint per ton of food produced under organic conditions might be higher as well because of the lower yield. But for me, it's a combination, right? And regenerative agriculture can for sure help to produce food with a lower footprint, but at the same time in an efficient way.
0: We talked before about outcomes-based approach. How can outcomes in this context best be measured?
1: In IATA, we work with pretty much, you know, five main themes when it comes to regenerative agriculture. And as I said, it's pretty much aligned to what the science believes in. One is Climate, the second one is soil health, the third one is resource use, the fourth one is biodiversity, and then you have the farmers' prosperity. Outcome for us is pretty much being able to measure the main impact that your practices are going to have in each one of those teams. So if you look at climate as an example, it would be what is the carbon footprint per ton of food that you produce. This is extremely important that we keep track on. Soil health is pretty much, you know, let's make sure that we don't consume consider only soil fertility as one of the key pillars for soil health, but that we actually evaluate soil health from a holistic perspective, including the biology of the soil, also the physical properties of the soil as well. So this is when, for instance, cover cropping, crop rotation, no-till practices are so important because they help to also have better physical conditions and chemical conditions as well. In terms of resource use, for us, a way to measure this outcome is nutrient use efficiency. It's one of the key points. We do believe that fertilizer can be a central pillar for regenerative agriculture as long as it's managed according to the best practices. It's not the more the merrier. It's about applying the right quantity to avoid that we mine the soil, extracting more than we can put back to the soil. But we also have to protect the environment and the pockets of the farmers. So nutrient use efficiency is critical. And water use efficiency is also something very important to have in mind because water is going to be our next carbon in terms of regulations and frameworks. So agriculture is also responsible for consuming 75% of the total fresh water in the world. So it's critical that we measure the water use efficiency. And biodiversity is pretty much uh, how do we can help land use change to stop, right? Or at least mitigate the land use change by ensuring that fields are as as productive as possible. And when it comes to the prosperity of the farmers, is the return on investment. At the end of the day, one of the barriers we have for regenerative agriculture is that somehow the biggest burden or the risks are on the shoulders of the farmers. And we have to reduce the barriers for adoption by helping them to understand that this is, on the long run, going to pay back.
0: You talk quite a lot about farmers and their prosperity. Why is taking such a farmer based approach important, do you think?
1: Being an agronomist by background and a farmer as well in my story, I think that this is somehow what is nice about working in this company because we do believe that the farmer is at the center of all the solutions here. If companies like us or like our peers, if the industry strives as much as we can to create solutions, but those solutions are not reaching the farmers. There is no point, right? So ensuring that we can actually translate what regenerative agriculture really means in a way that the farmers believe that, yes, this is possible, this is good for me and I can be part of this, is very important. Our position is we have to be able to translate the difficult messages, the difficult frameworks and regulations and pressure that we see in this industry in a very easy way because farmers, they are business people. They want to do the best, to be honest. And I think that is our role actually to democratize the access to the right technology and to the right practices. Yara considers that being farmer centric is critical for us to succeed. Personally, I do believe in the same.
0: So obviously then there's knowledge that farmers and growing communities can bring. What are the key points on that for you? And and how can that knowledge best be utilized you think?
1: It's a two-way communication, right? The science and the companies, they have built over time a huge knowledge base that has to be available to farmers in a practical way. But on the other hand, you know, the farmers, they are stewards of the land. They have been there for a long time and they know what works best in their condition as well. Not only having this face-to-face interaction, having specific events to enable this knowledge transfer is important, but digital can play a very important role on that to ensure that this knowledge is reaching as many people as possible and that there is this two-way communication. I think that one of the biggest challenges today is that sometimes the farmers, they have just access to too much knowledge and it's difficult to filter what is really the most relevant piece of knowledge in their condition. So ensuring that we can be more prescriptive and understanding the different realities that are out there is critical. And digital can help us with that, right? To ensure that this knowledge is gonna be reaching millions of people and at the same time enables and opens this communication channel back to the companies and to the scientific world as well.
0: Okay, let's come back to digital and technology in a sec. But How do you think buyer companies can engage grow communities best what are the best ways for those two different communities to engage
1: I think that for the CPG perspective as an example for the companies buying the food production the best way for them to engage with farmers would be Partnering with companies like us, right? Companies that are providing input to the farmers. We are side by side with those farmers. We are there to support with recommendations. If we want the farmers to succeed, Iara cannot do this alone, right? So I think that engaging in partnerships with the food chain players is very important for us. And I think that it should be the same for the buyers companies as well. For us, what we do in Iara, we have more than one thousand agronomists in the fields across the globe, working side by side with farmers, but we also have a full portfolio of digital technology that is available to our farmers uh, through our distributors as well, because this is important. Uh, The farmers, they also have people that they trust, advisors, the distributors, the influencers. We work together with the academia. We work together with the distributors, the influencers, the advisors, and also we partner with food companies to ensure that we can actually collaborate with as many players as possible.
0: What role can technology play?
1: Technology can help us to increase the knowledge use efficiency, as I said. You know, some of the practices that we recommend today for regenerative agriculture, they have been developed many, many years ago. It's a matter of ensuring that we can actually use, test, measure, and then actually keep coming back to this practice. So for me, digital can help farmers, as an example, to define the best timing to manage the nutrients in their specific fields. Digital can help them to actually calculate what is the right amount of nutrient to be applied. That way they can get higher nutrient use efficiency. Digital can help them actually to also optimize costs because it's about ensuring that we are going to be managing the crop nutrition in the best way they can so i think that this is one a very important role for digital digital for me is going to also play a very important role in terms of prediction for the future right it can help farmers to understand when the stresses are going to be happening climate change is posing a lot of threats to agriculture and knowing in advance what is going to be happening in terms of drought stress climate stress you know heat stress lack of rainfall is going to help farmers also to plan for the best practices So I think that is not only providing recommendation, but also playing a role on predicting what could go wrong and enabling farmers to
0: plan in advance. Do you have any other examples of technology's impact and the positive impact that technology can have?
1: I think that one big impact, I would say, that we see is actually helping farmers to generate a new revenue stream out of those practices, because carbon credits, carbon certificates as is is one of the examples, right? When the farmers are able to adopt a new practice and they are able to measure, report, and verify having the the documentation that can generate a new revenue stream for them. I think that on the long run, we're going to see this MRV approach to generate business model growing a lot. So why not in the future having outcome-based regenerative agriculture production per hectare as a revenue stream for farmers? Digital is going to play a very important role on enabling farmers to measure the report and to verify the outcome they have in order to get this extra revenue from selling products based on best practices.
0: Jed, mrv approach. Just clarify what MRV means in this context.
1: MRV means measurement, report and verification. Even though we don't have a frame or a protocol for regenerative agriculture today, We do have this for carbon, and we know that everything is running and it's developing quite fast in terms of biodiversity, water as well. So I do believe that we are close to have frameworks actually to measure what's going on in terms of regenerative agriculture in a more holistic way.
0: Regenerative agriculture strikes me as being an area where there's great potential for knowledge sharing. If impacts are going to be maximized, knowledge sharing can help. How does best practice in this look like for knowledge sharing, your cross-sector, peer-to-peer collaboration? What does that look like?
1: It's a multiple approach, right? It's ensuring that you can get things that are really relevant from a regional perspective. One size does not fit all, for sure. So this is, for me, the best practice is the basis. And actually, it's about ensuring that we can reach farmers, ensuring that this is going to be as simple as possible, that can be actionable. When I mentioned to you that it's important that we help to translate this knowledge in the best way we can, is that we have to reduce the barrier for adoption by not selling regenerative agriculture concept at something that is so complicated that farmers are never going to be able to adopt. And at the same time, we have also to acknowledge the different practices in a region, Because the access to financing, to fund this transition is also something very important. So for me, best practice would be understanding what works for farmers according to context specific in a given region for a given
0: crop. What do you think the next few years look like in terms of the development of regenerative agriculture and regenerative agriculture innovation?
1: I do believe that we are in the nexus of a new Greenville revolution, and I think that regenerative agriculture can enable us to reach this stage. When it comes to innovation, you do have a lot of new products upcoming in terms of providing inputs to the crops, but generating the lower impact possible. So one example is green fertilizers produced not only using fossil fuel, but actually using water as the main source for hydrogen instead of using natural gas. So green fertilizer is something that is going to be scaled up, I would say. So it's a much, much lower carbon footprint, food production. Biologicals, for me, it's one of the areas that is growing quite, quite fast. And it's about ensuring that the crops are going to be also more resilient for the future. So I do believe that we're going to see much more innovation in that space. And I would say that Artificial intelligence, machine learning is also going to play a very important role in agriculture moving forward. Using the big data, the databases we have available to help us to model what the future could look like and ensure that the farmers can get better advices in advance, right? So they can actually prepare themselves for the new season. So I would say that those three main areas, lower carbon solutions, biologicals, and tech as a whole, it's going to be the three main streams of innovation up in the upcoming years.
0: Well, there's certainly a lot happening. It's an exciting area to be in and it'll be interesting to see how things do develop. But thank you for sharing your thoughts today. Thank you to Rajani Souza at Yara International.
1: Thank you.